0: Thank you for joining us. Our goal at Church of the Rock is to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To learn more about us, please check out our website at churchoftherock.ca or stay connected with our free app available for Apple and Android devices. You, you know, I, I could uh, channel my inner TV evangelist for this message and it would go something like this. You are going to have no problems. You are going to be constantly rich. People are going to throw money at you from places that you don't believe or even understand. Nothing will ever go wrong in your life. And it's going to be perfect! Woo! And you go, yeah? Two problems with that. Number one, life's not like that. And number two, I've read the Bible. Hey, this is what happens when we do that. Uh, There is something... That God has for you in your inheritance that I hope I can help you to do this, that to live even fuller out of the inheritance that you actually have right now. And we're going to kind of divide it up in a way that maybe you haven't seen before that I trust is going to be really helpful. Now, you know, an inheritance is a, a kind of a really joyful time, but both Eileen and I sort of came from modest means families, and so when my grandma and grandpa died— They had a little bit that they gave to, you know, the kids and the grandkids. And uh, I'm pretty sure this came from my grandpa because this doesn't sound terribly German. He said, go buy yourself something that you would never buy in your normal life. And I said, okay, so, I was like in my early 20s, early to mid 20s, and so I went out, and this was a time when you, this was a little bit more expensive and way out of reach, than one of these big remote control RC cars, right, and and so I have two boys, and I would say, okay, all three of you boys go out and play, (laughs) and we did. And we had this great time, and we're zipping around with this remote control car. And then, you know, one of my boys drove it off the cliff, and that was that, right? <laughs> and so it was like, oh, okay, you know. And that was kind of fun. And I always thought, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna always remember Grandma and Grandpa from the car. But you know what? That's not what I remember about my Grandma and Grandpa. Some of you know this story. Uh, my grandfather was uh, actually tortured by. The Russian army. And uh, when he died, he, that was in his 20s. When he died in his 80s, he still had the scars on his back from where he was beaten. Because they said, you're a Christian and you're preaching the Bible, aren't you? And he was teaching math. He actually wasn't. But because he was a Christian, he, he, and he literally got persecuted. And he, and he died with the scars on his back. But here's the thing that I remember about My grandpa. He just had the scars on the outside. They didn't go in. And even though, you know, once that part of his life was done, right after World War II, they came to Canada and they spoke German. So guess what they were? Nazis. This didn't go terribly well, right? And they got ripped off and all their business dealings and everything coming to Canada. Uh, But he didn't carry any of those scars, Those were just things that happened to him in his life. It was just his history. And what he passed down to my dad, who was incredibly faithful in every part of his life as a follower of Jesus, but struggled with depression all of my adult life, was that both of them hung on to Jesus. All the time. And no matter what was going on in their life, they could have total and complete peace about who God was and about what he had for him. And they were always able to work it through that in the middle of everything, God is good. Isn't that an amazing inheritance? The car? Eh. So what is that inheritance that God has given you? I'm going to put it to you in a way that I, I hope can help you understand it because God's inheritance actually comes in three parts. There's going to be a chart coming up on the screen, and, and this is like way too much for you to, and for me to preach on the whole time. So if you want to take a picture of it, if you're the studying type, and uh, we're going to go through the first little bit, ever, and we're going to talk about it over the next couple of Sundays. Your inheritance comes in three phases. You have a future phase, a forming phase and a foundational phase. Miraculously, we got all the Fs going. Woohoo, Church of the Rock. But in your future phase, there's a focus that you need to have, and, and this is what's really important, folks, as you think about the inheritance that you're getting, is there's an action or a way that you engage that part of your inheritance, the way that you receive your inheritance, is actually done differently with each part of your inheritance. And if you understand this, if you get it right, if you know how to do this, it actually changes, and there's incredible joy in doing this. If you have, uh, if you're thinking about your future inheritance, what well, your future inheritance, heaven, there where nothing spoils, you know, the, the gifts don't go off the cliff and are dead, Right? There is, there is a hope. That's what you're supposed to get from, from heaven. And the Bible doesn't actually describe heaven in complete detail, but it, it describes it enough that we know that it's going to be absolutely amazing. And what is hope? Hope is something that you take from the future to bring in your present to give you encouragement as you struggle. So in your life, you have a future part of your inheritance. I'm going to talk just a little bit about that. That sounds quite amazing, right? All the stuff that we struggle with in our life is gone, and God's got a sense, we have a sense of his presence. In the second level is a forming. There's a forming part of your life where God wants you to learn and grow, and he says he's changing you from glory to glory, and what you would engage in that phase of your inheritance, what you want to receive in that phase of your inheritance, is you want to understand and grow in your faith. In believing that God is who he says he is, and that he is with you, and that he walks with you through your life. In the last part, in the foundational part, that's what we're going to talk about today mostly, is the fact that you need to understand, and need to rest in, and need to go, I am completely and totally and utterly loved all the time. And you explore what you have, everything, everywhere, all at once. That last part, the forming part, the foundation of your life, you have that all now. So that's what we're going to walk through in the, in, the next, uh, in the next couple of days. And, and I, I think it's going to challenge because we have to um, understand who God is and how he functions. There was a, a gentleman named William Burt. And he's a self-made millionaire in the early 1900s, one of the eighth wealthiest men in the world. And he had, but with with kids and grandkids, had about 12 siblings, and uh, the equivalent of probably eight eight to $10 million. So you can imagine what everybody was thinking, right? Kind of waiting for grandpa to die. And so they could get all the money. And what happened was um, grandpa did not grow old gracefully, let's say. And he got crankier and crankier and crankier. And then he had this somehow in this, this was sort of the turning point of his ultimate crankiness, is he had this fight over land with the government. Nothing to make you more annoyed than government. Amen? <laughs> oh, no, no and so I was gonna say Revenue Canada, but then that'd be even more personal, that'd be no good. And so he gets this thing, and he, and here's what he did with his will. He <laughs> I think this is super funny. Everybody came, and they were going to read what they got, right? And he had 42 pages of complaints that they had to sit and listen to before they heard what what the will was actually. It was like, if you're a Seinfeld, this is like Festivus, right? I got problems with all you people. And so he ended up doing this whole thing, and then he said, here's how how the inheritance is going to work out. 21 years after everybody in this room is dead, uh, I'm going to take the money out of, you're going to take the money, the lawyer, out of this low interest uh, savings account that we have because all you people are no good and I'm going to give it to your relatives and or your, your siblings and you get nothing. <laughs> Can you imagine? Ho! Oh! Now, I know you don't think... That God is that kind of God. But what we do think sometimes is that God withholds. How come I didn't get? Why do I have? Everybody else seems to get, and I don't. And we live in the tension. Of a world where we say, "Okay, I, I need to understand what this inheritance really is." So, we're, what does that look like? How do you live out of it, folks? That's what I want you to grab a hold of. We don't want you wandering around through life, and because our world is sort of big and angry, and and hoping that you sort of hold on to your meager scraps of faith, and if you're lucky, you get to heaven somehow. That is not your inheritance. Okay, so really quickly we run through the first two and then I want to hopefully really encourage you in the last one. See, so the future phase of your... Hope that you are getting is from 1 Peter 1 4. It says that into an inheritance you can have that will never perish, spoil, or fade. And this inheritance is in heaven and it's kept for you. There's no inflation. There's no shrink shrinkflation, nothing. God says, I have all of this stuff planned for you and you are going to enjoy it. And, and in the, if you want to think of a little bit of what heaven is like, and, and for all of us, it's, it's a challenge, isn't it? Think, go back to the garden and you have this place. And I want you to think about that because it's not just a new garden that God is bringing, but he says he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. So God is going to bring earth down to the place, and and I am not going to be able to explain this in a full way, but here's what it is. It isn't going to be just a new garden. It's going to be a whole new city that he's going to bring, and it's going to be the new Jerusalem. It's not going to be just a couple hanging out and, and walking with God. It's going to be actually all of the nations from all of time coming together. It's not just temple worship, but it's God's presence shining brightly over everything that we have in our life and it's not the promised land, but it's restored creation where, where you know, and the, the quick little snippet that the Bible gives us is this, is that the trees will continue to bear fruit all around the year. If you look outside, what do you see? Dead. You know, we, we're just so thankful that we got snow to cover up all the brown, right? And, and what the Bible says is heaven is the new earth, that you and I are going to go to. It's like we're going to go to heaven and we're going to play harps and be around. Like, no, 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 no. There is a whole new earth that God gives and a tree is going to be exactly what a tree was made to be and it's going to continually give fruit. And, And that little snapshot is supposed to kind of get our mind going to say that is what all of the new earth is going to look like. Everything is going to be in perfection. Everything that's broken here and maybe even more than you can imagine, it's going to it's that's what heaven is going to be like. So that is the hope part of your inheritance. The lie that the enemy wants you to believe in your life right now is that it, everything is about here and now. Everything. And that you live your life if you're at a certain age, you're you're, you're looking at your RSPS and you're saying, "Well, I hope I have enough. How much do I need? I think I need a million dollars. That's what they're telling us, right? And and everything's focused here, here, here. And in fact, God says, you know what? I got a hope for you. This life is just this life. It's a whisper and it's gone. The hope that I want you to hang on is your inheritance in the future phase. The, The second part of that is this, that there is a a forming phase that you have in your life, and um, that's where you're engaging your faith. I saw this this great cartoon of Peter, and I think this looks a lot like me. Peter finds his faith is much stronger during winter. (laughs) Yep. When it isn't ice, it's a lot harder to walk on, isn't it? <laughs> and that's what we find in our life. And, and next week, I'm going to take some time to talk to you. And here's what we're going to do next week. Uh, after uh, I look into scripture with you and encourage you at the end of our service, we're going to have a time where we're going to have a healing service. And we're going to get everybody up here who has, like, if you're over 50, you need to come up. But no, well, that's not my old joke. Uh, everybody who has something that they want to get healed. If you have people who in your life who you say need healing, bring them next Sunday. Because we're going to pray over them. And God is going to do what only God could do. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. Oh, that was good. It's kind of like you believe that. Now, here, here's the challenge of us, if we, if we think future, forming, and foundation, in, in, that, in that forming space, place, the problem, the challenge is this, you are learning, and you are growing, and it is, we don't live on the other side in heaven where everything is perfect, so that means we struggle, we fall, um, we don't always walk on solid ground, and we... Kind of look and we make decisions about who God is, about what, he, what it is in our life, and maybe even worse is we look at ourselves and we say, you know what? I am not gonna cut it. Because it doesn't work for me, because we're thinking our inheritance means, and you hear great sermons from up here and encourage you and challenge you, but then you go home and you live your life and you go, ah. god says and here's what he's doing and i think this is so neat is he comes and we'll, we'll talk about how he sees you but then he starts you out on your journey of faith and as you're walking along and, I, and i'm gonna get some scripture to back it up i want you to think about this is god pleased with you the same way when you are in church and worshiping and doing your thing as when you are struggling You say, I know the answer is yes, because we're in church and I think he's leading that way. You know that's true, right? In that forming phase, what God wants you to understand and what he wants you to get is the exact opposite of the lie of the enemy, is that you're not making it, you're not cutting it, and because it isn't working in the way that you think it should work, it's not working for you. And and instead, I want you to think like a father would think. When a father sees his kid struggling, what he does is he says, okay, you're you're learning how to understand this three times, four times, five times, maybe a hundred times you failed at this thing. And and I've seen this over and over again, and and I'm going to kind of talk straight at you. Most uh, couples before they're married... Let's just take that as an example. Struggle with kind of keeping their, the, the physical boundaries in place. And, and I, I talk about this with you because that becomes a point where the enemy can bring condemnation to their life. And what they do is they, they kind of struggle. They, oh, we kind of went a little too far. and Oh, boy, we go back. And then they think, oh, you know what? I'm never going to be able to do this. And they give up. How does God see that? Every time you come into a place where there's a temptation, where there's a struggle, you have an opportunity for victory, and he's walking you through to help you understand who you can actually be in your life. Because most of us think, and we feel, because you're supposed to feel something, but we feel this instead. And we don't understand how a father looks at his kids and how he walks with them and he's saying, here's what I want you to do. I want you to live holy and I am going to partner with you to help you do this. I'm not standing there going, that guy. And in our life, there's that forming phase. The enemy's lie is you're never going to do it. God's word that is true says, I want to partner with you. All right, so we're going to take a look at Romans 8 and then I'm going to talk a little bit about how that foundational phase works. Romans 8:15 says uh, Romans 8 starts off this way it says therefore there is no condemnation at the beginning of Romans 8 and at the end of it he says nothing can separate us from God's love. Pretty good, right? And then he says so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his children. You've received God's spirit. How much of God's spirit did you receive? Everything, everywhere, all the time, right? You didn't get a little bit of the Holy Spirit when you got saved. You got the whole thing. And he gives it to you. He gives you the Holy Spirit in full measure, guaranteeing. And he says, now we call him... Abba father because he's adopted us as children for his spirit joins with our spirit say joins Mm. for his spirit joins with our spirit and affirms that we are God's children and since we are his children we are his heirs say heirs In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs to God's glory. And if we share in his glory, we also share in his suffering. The the other translations will say joint heirs or co-heirs. So here's the sort of astonishing part of this. Everything, everywhere, all the time. Is that those other things are future parts and those other things you grow into, what we need to deprogram our mind from is you live your life in this world almost exclusively this way. You have to start at the bottom, you grow in something that you're going to get better at, you get promoted, and as you get promoted, you get more money, you might get more stuff, and everything is an earning your way to get it. I think this is probably the only thing where God goes to this, he goes like this to you. Yeah, yeah, that's not how this is going to work. Here's what I'm going to do everything, everywhere, all the time. Yours. And we have to think differently about that, don't we? Because we're used to earning it. We're used to like, I got this far, and then I advance. And there's part of it in the middle that that's true. You grow in your faith and everything. But I'm talking about your foundation that you have in Christ, that you are chosen, that you're accepted, that you're loved, that you're heirs. It actually says you are co-heirs with Jesus. What is, God says that I gave what to Jesus? Everything. And if you are co-heirs with Jesus, that means you have? whoa. And this is why we have to deprogram ourselves from the world's way of thinking that I have to make this happen to God's way of thinking. I'm going to give you everything, everywhere, all the time. My whole spirit is with you. You are always loved, always accepted, always sealed with my Holy Spirit. Nothing can take that away from you. And then you live out of that inheritance. And this first phase of our inheritance is this. I want you to learn how to explore with joy what you have, not live your life. Mm. You have this whole thing everywhere, all the time, all at once, and it's yours. It's almost too good to be true. So what's that saying again? If it seems too good to be true, it probably is. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. That's the world, and that's probably a wise way to live out there. But that is not your life in the spirit. That is not how your loved, chosen, sealed, accepted, cared for, given, all of who God is. So I'm going to walk you through Um, one area in your life, just to show you how this works, and I hope that is a really big encouragement to you. If you're going to live in this world where things go wrong, we have to learn how to understand peace. So how does this work? In in John 14, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace, say my my peace, I give to you. So when he said that to the disciples, my peace, it's everything, everywhere, all the time, right? So Jesus is starting out, and he's teaching his disciples this. And he goes, and I'm going to give you a little bit of like Jesus way of looking at this. He goes, and they've had a full day of ministry, and they got the boat. And so Jesus goes, and he lays down the boat for a nap. And he sort of smiles and goes, oh, this could be so good. Not because he was sleeping but because he was going to show his disciples something. And he lays down, and meanwhile, this huge storm comes up. We, we see in Matthew chapter 8, and these disciples, and I want you to see yourself here, are looking at this whole storm, and they're looking at Jesus, and they're going, it's like you don't care! Where are you, God? I, I Can't you see? Don't you understand the situation? And Jesus is just like, chilling. Right? He's fast asleep in the boat, and then he gets up, and he does this. He puts his peace to the storm. And when the disciples are amazed at this, because they're just sort of figuring out who Jesus really is, he said, you know what, guys, that's actually not that impressive. And then his words come. As he's teaching them, he says, my peace I give to you. What was Jesus teaching the disciples? Is that the peace that they had inside of them could weather any storm. Is that true in your life? Yeah. Everything, everywhere, all at once. This is how God teaches us and walks us through the foundational phase of our life. That we understand that his peace, his joy, his love, all of that is sealed in you because the Holy Spirit is everywhere all at once, all the time. There's a a gentleman who who gave me permission to tell you this story because he's an extrovert and he loves attention. (laughs) He, He runs a restaurant on Main Street that you might have uh, eaten a burger at, and during the pandemic, things did not go great, and uh, the re- he was about to lose the restaurant. Now, he and I have had an interesting relationship over 15 years. He comes from a, like a Greek Orthodox, and he's very Greek Greek, and uh, he, I was his personal priest, basically. I would go, and I would pray over his business, and I would do all this stuff, and, and uh, eventually, I had this little plan that eventually he would understand that he had everything all at once, all the time because he thought I had everything all at once, all the time. You know, not helpful for him or for me, actually. And so, as I was praying over his stuff, I would, would say some things to him and, and I would say, You know, who's, who's your, uh, who owns your business? Who's the corner of your business here? Because if you are joint heirs with Christ, he goes, Oh, like Jesus is my corner. So, when you're struggling in the pandemic and it looks like your business is going to fold, he's your business partner. Because here's the thing we forget. If you are in Christ, if you are co-heirs with Christ, that means every one of your circumstances is in Christ. Right? Everything, everywhere, all the time. And he walked through the whole pandemic and thought, like, this is it. This thing's going under. God gave him some wisdom to do one thing a little bit differently. And they're, they're absolutely booming. They're paying all their bills. They've paid off everything that happened. And he went, oh. And so we were meeting just a little while. He's taken off and going back to Greece for a little bit during during winter. And uh, we were talking. And, and, and he said, yeah. He says, well, I, says, I just can't. You know, and I reminded him of something that we talked about before. And I said, as we were talking, I said, you know, you, you are, and he's sort of a rough character, right? You, his language is not, <laughs> it's the it's language that, uh, I'll be kind here, but, you know, lots of stuff comes out of his mouth. And, and the, every once in a while, the paint curls on the walls because he gets excited, and that's and <laughs> okay. And as, as we're talking, uh, this thought comes to mind. This is like, that. okay, well, God is the, is the co-heir of your business, but who are you then in your business? And I just remember getting this thought that came to me. And the thought was that he was the pastor of his business. And, and so I said to him, I says, I know this is going to be like way out of your zone. He says, you're the pastor of your business. You know that. He goes, oh, please. Are you kidding? And then, you know, the paint started peeling off the walls. And he says, how about chief thug? says, "Hey, if you're if you, you call yourself whatever you want, if you're the chief thug for Jesus, that's good, right?" And then he started telling me two stories. One is his, his wife uh, was talking about all the staff that they had, and the more they talked about the staff that they had, the more I realized, "Oh my goodness." This guy is like the pastor of his whole staff because he takes in all these kids who are kind of rough and, and brings them in and loves them. And he's like dad to them. And one, one, his wife invited them, didn't think that he'd come to the Easter service, invited to Easter service. And she said, yes, her jaw fell off the floor. And another one was coming to her and said, you know, I, I just struggle sometimes. Am I really a Christian? He goes, what the, yeah, of course you're a Christian. And he takes her, and he sits her, again, like this is in the middle of the workplace, right? They're supposed to be serving hamburgers, and they tow off to Israel and he prays with her, and he says, you know what, you are now Christian, and he prays the sinner's prayer with her right in the middle of his fries flying all over the place and burgers flipping, and he, and he confirms her to Jesus. Who is this guy? He's the pastor of his business. Do you know why he is? Because he is a co heir with Christ who he is comes out of the Holy Spirit and all that other stuff Eh, God's going to take care of that so who are you you are a joint heir with Christ everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you and that's what you live in as you walk in this world. Amen? Amen. And you can give the Lord a hand. <clears throat> Bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to take just a moment to uh, talk about what that means in our life. And some of you are, are wanting will need to make a commitment to that. First of all, if you're here today, and, or you're online and you're watching and you've never made that decision to follow, to, accept, to give Jesus leadership of your life, I want you right now to just either hit that button or to raise your hand and say, yes, I need to do that. Anybody here want to do that today? Thank you. Thank you in the back. That's great. Second thing is this. I... Believe that God wants to stir you up in his love for you. In those things that you have everything, everywhere, all at once. Because that's the foundation that you live your life out of. And so we're going to take just a minute. And I believe this is probably going to connect up with, with something that we uh, at South talked about here in terms of what tool God would want you to use. And I want you to just be quiet in his presence. Because there's some part of him where you're, he wants to grow you in this. And he's absolutely enjoying your journey in understanding who he is. It might be actually peace. It might be that, that like the disciples, God wanted, wants you to know that his peace can, calm, can leave you calm in any storm. It might be that you feel weak, and he is saying, you know what, my joy is actually your strength. Whatever it is, Holy Spirit, would you come and just speak into us what it is you want us to say. What you want us to believe. How you want us to live out of our inheritance that we have. And like I said before, if, if hearing is sometimes a struggle for you, just be with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Thank you for what you're doing. If you wouldn't mind quietly just standing, we're going to pray together. And if you would repeat after me, if you raised your hand online or in person, bowing your heads, close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for my inheritance. I thank you as I receive you there, is thing, there are things, the Holy Spirit, that I have in full measure. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I thank you for your love that I can learn and grow in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, give the Lord a hand. Thanks for joining us. We want to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To find resources to grow in your relationship with Christ, go to churchoftherock.ca slash next. You can also join us at one of our campuses, including our interactive online campus at churchoftherock.live. For locations, service times, or to support the ministry of Church of the Rock, please go to churchoftherock.ca or download the Church of the Rock app.